Good afternoon. Welcome to Mary Queen of Peace Parish, St. Adelbert Church, as we celebrate the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and those who are returning home to our parish community. Because of the Delta variant's community spread in Allegheny County and the latest recommendation of the CDC, we are asking parishioners and guests to please mask up again. We are a community who cares deeply for one another, and wearing a mask, whether vaccinated or not, is a big way we can show concern for the safety of our youth and others who are not yet able to be vaccinated against COVID. For those who wish to continue physical distancing, you can be seated in the designated area in the church where the pews are marked with ribbons. Assisting us today as our lectors are Greg Zelesnik and Julie Shepard. I am your cantor, Sarah Richards, and our organist is Brian Hart. Our celebrant is Father Daniel. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join in our opening hymn, For the Beauty of the Earth, found at number 633 in the hymnals. That's number 633 in the blue hymnals. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. My family, to help us enter into this celebration of the life and love of God Almighty, let us now pause for a moment and call to mind our sinfulness. And let us ask God for forgiveness. Lord Jesus, you are mighty God and Prince of Peace. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you are Son of God and Son of Mary. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are Word made flesh and splendor of the Father. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Oh. 
Let us pray. Almighty and never-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Our family, please now be seated for readings from sacred scripture. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground various wild animals and various birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each of them would be its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the air, and all wild animals, but none proved to be the suitable partner for the man. So the Lord God cast a deep sleep on the man, and while he was asleep, he took out one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. The Lord God then built up into a woman the rib that he had taken from the man. When he brought her to the man, the man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bones 
and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one has been taken. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two of them become one flesh. The word of the Lord. From the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, he for a little while was made lower than the angels, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the leader to their salvation perfect through suffering. He who consecrates and those who are, con- who are being consecrated all have one origin. Therefore, he is not ashamed to call them brothers. The word of the Lord. Thank Thanks be to God. God.
one another, God remains in us. And his love is brought to perfection in us. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. Jesus said to them in reply, what did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. Jesus said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then Jesus embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy matrimony, a beautiful sacrament, a beautiful vocation, and a beautiful life. Is it easy? I trust not. I've seen my own parents. Is it easy? No, it's not easy for those who are living it. And as, as some of you may know, our wonderful Cantor would know for sure because we were at a wedding together this afternoon. She was the singer and I was the priest witness. And as our, our lectors are celebrating their anniversary, two years, believe it or not. Let's give them a round of applause. How about that? Amen. As, as they may know as well, and as some of you may know, when, when I offer a, a wedding celebration, I typically, I typically break open what the meaning and significance of, of the sacrament and the vocation of holy matrimony. But I'm going to be very brief. I'll tr <laughs> if, this gets, if this homily gets over 20 minutes, just start raising your hand. 20 minutes. I'm teasing you. That was a joke. So, <laughs> so when I talk about the, the, the sacrament and vocation of holy matrimony, I emphasize it's a sacrament. What do we mean by a sacrament? An expression of God's love. An expression of God's love. But, but, for, but for our brief purposes here, what I ex try to express is that when the husband and wife profess their love for each other, they are professing that they are going to be Jesus for each other. They're promising to be Jesus for the other. The husband for the wife and the wife for the husband. They're supposed to be and encouraged and they promise to be Jesus for the other in his love in his mercy, and in his forgiveness and compassion. But I, fail, I don't mention it, I don't elaborate unnecessarily, but I, I trust they come to realize that the Jesus that is being offered to them is not always the transfigured Jesus, bright and shiny and beautiful. 
And the Jesus being offered in the, in the sacrament of marriage, the husband and the wife and the wife and husband, is not necessarily always the Jesus perfect walking on water, bebopping and scatting, no problem. No, quite often, as you well know, those people who are living the life of holy matrimony, quite often the Jesus we receive from our partner, from our husband or from our wife, is the scourged and beaten up Jesus. Quite often, the Jesus we receive is the, is the stumbling and failing Jesus on his way to the cross. Quite often, what we receive from our, from our loved one, from our husband or wife, is the crucified Jesus crushed by his cross. But that's what in married life you sign up for, to be Jesus for the other. And that's not always easy, but it can be by God's grace Beautiful. And I also reference that holy matrimony is a vocation. Holy matrimony is a vocation, meaning God calls us to matrimony. God calls particular men and women to be married. But also God calls a lot of people to be single. That's a beautiful vocation as well, the single life. But a lot of people are called also to the religious life or the priesthood like myself. But my family, again, the majority of the response to God's call is through the vocation of holy matrimony. What do I mean by that? My family, we all recognize that God is constantly calling each and every one of us back to himself. God calls you from the moment that you were created in your mother's womb, God calls you back to himself. Why? Does he need you? And I, I know I, I jokingly say, no, he does not need you because he's God. He doesn't need anything. But he wants you in relationship with him. He wants us in relationship with him for our sake. So that's why he's constantly calling us back to himself. For he created us. He sustains us in being. And he's constantly calling us back to himself so that we can have a relationship with him. Why? So that we can find life so that we can be fulfilled and find satisfaction and eternal glory. That's why God wants us to be happy and joy-filled. But we know that hearing God in this world of ours is extremely difficult. Seeing God in this broken, fallen world is extremely difficult. And especially responding to God's call in this life is extremely difficult. But the beautiful thing here is that in the vocations, in God calling us, he also gives us helps in responding. Isn't that fascinating? That God's not going to ask us to do something that he's not going to give us the strength and the grace to do. So in calling us back to himself, in calling Mary or people who are, have the vocation of holy matrimony back to himself, he recognizes that they necessarily can't hear him, see him, and respond. So they give the husband a beautiful gift. And it's his wife. And God says, just look to your wife, listen to your wife, and respond to your wife, and you will get back to me and find life here and now and life eternal. And the same thing applies to the husband. The husband, God recognizes that the husband's not too, you know, or, and vice versa. I can't remember which example I just shared, though. But... It's just like you, li you listen to the other. You look to the other. And you give yourself to the other. And it's not easy. But when you do that, in love and in commitment, you will find life here and now and life eternal. But my family, we also have a reference here very clearly that what God has joined no human being must separate. You know, we have to recognize that in our Catholic faith, there is no such thing as, you know, Catholic divorce. When we reference divorce, we have to acknowledge divorce. Let's be honest with each other. Divorce, though, is a civil, civil law reality, a civil law. But, uh, uh, you know, we have to recognize, we don't, you know, we recognize that it happens for sure. It happens. It's understandable. Let me break it open to you as the way we understand it. 
And please know, I'm going to give a disclaimer here, especially for the people at home, because I don't want anybody holding me, <laughs> taking me to task over this. But just so we're all clear, I'm not too smart, <laughs> okay? Let's be honest with each other. And because I'm not too bright, I need real simple examples to help me understand things. I don't know about you, but I need real simple examples. And we're going to use an analogy to help us understand what we mean by a healthy marriage or an unhealthy marriage, okay? It's, this analogy is very basic, and please know it is nowhere near the profound reality of holy matrimony, please. But let's talk about making brownies. Let's talk about making brownies real quick. Back in the day when I was a young man, I said I had, a I had a desire for brownies. So I got the ingredients. I got a box of the brownie mix. I got some eggs. I got some oil. I got some milk. Mixed it all together. Mixed up nicely in that big bowl. Mixed up nicely. Chocolatey, smooth, creamy. And then I poured it into that pan. I prepared the pan perfectly. You know, I, I greased it up as it was, as it was required. And I, you know, I preheated the oven perfectly. Poured it into the pan. Ooh, it looked like brownie mix in the pan. Oh, and then put it in the oven. Cooked up like brownies. Beautiful. I saw them rising, getting all crispy on the top and around the edges like I like them. And I was like, ooh, I can't wait to dig into these brownies. So they look like brownies when they were being made and they baked and they put they they look like brownies when they were in the pan and they baked like brownies when they were in the oven and when they came out they even looked and smelled like brownies oh and and they even cut like brownies but when i tasted them were they brownies no why because one of the necessary I'm going to repeat that. Necessary ingredients was missing or incorrect. A necessary ingredient was missing, okay? So they may have mixed like brownies, baked like brownies, looked like brownies, but they weren't brownies because a necessary ingredient was missing. Well, my family, every one of the sacraments, there are ingredients to the sacraments, every one of them, and there are necessary, absolute, integral ingredients to the sacraments that have to be in place to make it a sacrament. And if they're not, it may look like the celebration of a sacrament. It may even live like a celebration of the sacrament for a while. But we have we eventually come to realize that it's not the sacrament because one of the necessary ingredients is missing. Now let's apply that analogy, profane and basic as it is, to the profound reality of what God joins together in holy matrimony. Yes. What God joins together, no human being must separate. But that presupposes that the, husband, the, the bride and the groom are bringing the necessary ingredients with them. And necessary ingredients for the life of holy matrimony at the time of their wedding is or are Freedom, you have to be truly free to enter into the sacrament. You can't be compelled in any way. You can't be hindered in any way. So freedom is absolutely necessary. And another necessary ingredient is the intention to be committed. There is a intention for commitment. And there has to be an understanding of that commitment at the time of the wedding. And that's why when people have hardships later on in life or later on in their married life together, which are understandable, and they eventually get a maybe possible civil divorce in our civil society, and then they may want to explore the possibility of an annulment. And an annulment in our Catholic faith, and I'm not an expert. I am not a canon lawyer for those people at home. But my family, they come to explore if they showed up at their wedding 
with the right ingredients. And that's what the experts at the diocese come to determine. And if they determine that if the bride and the groom came to their wedding without the necessary ingredients, then they just recognize that the wedding may have looked like a wedding. The wedding may have you may celebrated like a wedding. And you may have even lived the life of marriage for a while. But then we come to realize the necessary ingredients maybe were missing. And therefore, the sacrament did not exist. And there is the word annulment. Annulment is not breaking apart what God has already joined. An annulment is a declaration that the marriage never existed. Again, an annulment is a declaration that the, or a recognition, a recognition that the marriage never exists because the necessary ingredients were missing. So my family, just to encourage those people who are struggling in their lives together, struggle is absolutely part of our life of discipleship. That's what it's like about giving Jesus and, and receiving Jesus. It's not always the transfigured Jesus. It's not always the walking on water Jesus. It's not always the triumphant Jesus going into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Quite often it's the beaten up Jesus, the struggling Jesus, the hurting Jesus. And that is the Jesus quite often that we're called to endure in our married life. And that's not easy. But if we can do it with the grace of God, it can be so beautiful. But if you come to realize that there are irreconcilable differences and there now develops some sort of hardship and you know, it, it's just an unhealthy relationship, you gotta recognize it for what it is and then possibly explore if the ingredients were even there. Because my family, the life of holy matrimony is so very beautiful. And when it is engaged in, with love, in freedom, and in commitment, it may not be easy, but the couple will find life here and now, and life eternal. Let's now stand and profess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. My family, let us turn to our loving Father as his beautiful children. And let us ask our Father to hear us by responding, Lord, hear our prayer. For a deepening of the gifts of love, justice, and peace in the whole church, we pray. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For an increase in the graces of joy and gladness for all married couples, we pray. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For all healthcare workers, that they may be sustained in hope, free from excessive fatigue and illness, we pray. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. We go forth for a deeper respect and stewardship of the natural world, we pray. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Irene Kubik 
and Joseph Larcher. May they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. We remember today Suzanne Robb and Michael Maloney and all the intentions present on the altar along with those that we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Lord, hear our prayer. And please join me in our prayer for unity, which can be found on page three of your bulletin. We raise our voices to Mary, Queen of Peace, our Mother, and to her most glorious Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Grant us greater commitment and sincerity as we continue on this journey of unity. Please grant our parish family a resurgence of faith, a spirit of love, and a hope for peace. May we be blessed with a vibrant, inclusive community, united in the spirit and living our covenant. Amen. Please be seated now for the preparation of the altar and the celebration of the Eucharist. Our offertory hymn can be found at number 588 in the hymnals. I have loved you. That's number 588 in the hymnals. that my sacrifice and your sacrifice may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, we pray, the sacrifices instituted by your commands and through the sacred mysteries, which we celebrate with dutiful service, graciously complete the sanctifying work by which you are pleased to redeem us through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in you we live and move and have our being. And while in this body we not only experience the daily effects of your tender care, but even now possess the pledge of life eternal. For having received the first fruits of the Spirit through whom you raised up Jesus from the dead, we hope for an everlasting share in the Paschal mystery. And so with all the angels and saints gathered with us here and now, we praise you as with joyful celebration we acclaim. Oh, 
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and David, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your faith. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God and our Mother, the Queen of Peace, with St. Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and with all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we now together joyfully dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Peace with you. Peace. Peace, brother. Peace. Peace, brother. Peace. Mingling the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. For those unable to be with us physically, we now pray for them a prayer for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. For the distribution of Holy Communion, please come forward in two single file lines. Once you receive Holy Communion, please return to your pews via the front and then the side aisles. Once our minister and I uh, uh, disinfect our hands, we'll meet you at the base of the steps. We'll be right there. Our communion hymn can be found at number 617, We Praise You. That's number 617 in the hymnals.
announcements by PROSPER include, in today's bulletin, you will find a list of items we still need for our infant-slash-toddler atrium spaces, the Montessori-based religious education program for our youngest ones. An atrium is a specially prepared space for young children to learn how to work independently, and we appreciate anything you can offer. Deacon Frank will be giving a presentation on his mission trips to Chimbodi, Peru. He will be sharing his experience of serving the poor on the diocese medical missions in Chimbote. Please see today's bulletin for the date and time of that presentation. On Monday, we celebrate the memorial of St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis was known for his love of nature and all of God's creatures. In recognition of St. Francis of Assisi, we are offering a blessing of animals next Sunday at both St. Adalbert and St. Mary of the Mount churches. Please see today's bulletin for additional details, along with a brief history of St. Francis of Assisi. And finally, also in today's bulletin, is information about planned giving, along with directions to a link on our website where you will find additional information. The term planned giving is used to describe the distribution of your assets during your lifetime and or after your passing, and there are several options to consider. These options are described in very simple terms on the parish website. Thank you. Thank you. Just so we all know, I just said full disclosure, the reason Prosper is a bit rambunctious this afternoon, evening, is because when he was a puppy, he was rambunctious uh, even then, and uh, I needed help in training him. So believe it or not, his, uh, his little, when he was a puppy, his trainer and uh, babysitter is here with us tonight, and that's why he was all excited to see her. She's back there, halfway back, so thank you, Marianne. Amen. And it, since we got some time, give me another couple minutes. Let's break open that second reading. It's so very important. If not, I'm just going to give you a little highlight. It's Hebrews chapter 2. It's New Testament. It's, it's, we all used to think it was written by St. Paul, but it, it's not. And just so we all know, it is a Christian you know, letter written to those who came from our Hebrew tradition, possibly many of them, the priests of the Hebrew tradition. And this passage and, and, the, and the full letter is trying to express to those Hebrews that the, the, in the Hebrew tradition, they were giving us uh, uh, tastes and 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 uh, and uh, 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 prophecies and allusions to the fullness of the covenant in Jesus Christ, the fullness of the manifestation of Jesus Christ uh, in His person. Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Jesus is the fulfillment in the manifestation of all that was promised in the Old Testament. And that's what also revealed. But then this passage is kind of interesting for people because it references Jesus' suffering. That he, meaning Jesus, for a little while was made lower than the angels, meaning he took on our humanity. Because in the hierarchy of creation, angels were the, were the height of creation. And then humanity, and then the rest. But by the grace of God that he might taste death for everyone. Jesus entered into our humanity to be with us. This is the point of one of the points of the letter. That quite often we think that Jesus came to take away all of our struggles and pain and difficulty. No. I think we need to get free of that. Jesus came to enter into our pain our suffering and our struggle. He didn't necessarily come to take it away. So my family, we have to recognize that what we are experiencing is, is the consequence of, of, of our, of, 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 of our you know, brokenness, of our sin, and the sin of others. This is the experience. You know, but, so this is our lot. We just have to think about it. This is, what, this is our lot. But the beautiful thing here is if this is what we have to experience, what, what is the best thing that God can do with us? If he's not going to take it away, what is the best thing out of love that he could do for us? He could be in it with us. And he's not only in it with us, he's, he's there carrying us 
on his shoulders of the, on that cross, he's carrying each and every one of us. So when we experience this, this, this pain, the struggle, the suffering, let's experience this as a taste of what Jesus experienced. For it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the leader to their salvation perfect through suffering. What does that mean? He's perfect through suffering? You mean, it means in one way he's, a perfect, he, he's experiencing perfect humanity by even experiencing the deepest depths of our depravity, suffering and death. That's why he's perfect, because he entered us, he entered our humanity perfectly, so he can be with us and be for us. And my family, that's consolation to me in, our, in my struggles, that God is with me, that God is for me. Therefore, he is not ashamed to call us sisters and brothers. Let us stand and pray. Grant us, almighty God, that we may be refreshed and nourished by the sacrament we have just received, so as to be transformed into what we consume through Christ our Lord. Let the church say amen. amen. The Lord be with you. May almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Please join in singing our closing hymn found at number 611, All Creatures of Our God and King. That's number 611 in the hymnals. Wind and breezes soft, oh clouds that.